Hey everyone, welcome to Neighbor Science, the only podcast about political economy and anime. I'm Ryan Salisbury. Uh, I'm Chris Nibbins. And uh, today we have a guest, uh, the soy boy of the deep. Hey, how how you doing? Uh, we're all doing good, I think. Uh, we were mm-hmm, talking yeah. a little bit before the show. Um, hey, uh, we we almost never do this, but uh, since we're all recording remotely, let's let's do a can check. What's everyone what's everyone drinking right now? Oh, uh, I've got um, an eighth of a water bottle left from uh, working out earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so you're on a you're on an alcohol break still? Yeah, for another few days. Okay, for my health and sanity. Okay, <laughs> soy boy. I have a uh, nice ten dollar bottle of sake. I can't like actually off my head right now, and a mm-hmm. like, natural apricot that I'm doing. A little sip of sake, a little bit of uh, apricot. Nice, very nice. nice, yeah. nice. Uh, so, uh, not even Chris has seen this yet, because mm. uh, we always record it at his house. Uh, mm-hmm. He has not seen the depths of my uh, depravity, but I am, uh, <laughs> I'm a three-drink guy at home. Uh, so right now I have a Kratom with uh, tart cherry juice mixed together. Oh, yeah. I also have a carafe nice. of uh, ozeki. Not the Ozeki Dry that I usually drink, but uh, I I saw it today. I was like, "Ooh, this this could be good." It's like more full body. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then I also am drinking a uh, uh, Mung Hai uh, eighty five ninety two pour tea. Oh, nice. Uh, so those are my three drinks. And I'll probably have some water later. I I usually keep a big what's it called a growler of water next to me so I can <laughs> get more water while I'm at my desk. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I work from home, so this is why I had this like psychotic setup here. <laughs> I get you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, have an up- I have an update. Oh, <laughs> the ten dollar fukai. It's not good. Fukai, okay. I haven't heard of that one. It's um, it's like a PBR of sake, probably. Okay. Oh yeah. I think this Ozeki bottle was like uh, eight or nine bucks. But I also get it for very cheap because I live in Koreatown. And uh, so there's uh, lots of sake and macchioli around here. Nice. It's, it's really weird. I live in a small town in Louisiana. Um, yeah, how the fuck do you get it, dude? <laughs> when, I visit, when I visit New Orleans, I'll, I, I'll, I'll, I'll check out the sake in the grocery stores. And it's like about $2 cheaper. And um, there's these really good like, like little bottles of sake that came with a little sake cup. So you, oh yeah, you showed me that. Yeah, better. They, I bought them all. They're gone. They never came back. Oh shit! They just disappeared. <laughs> and yeah, so it's like a couple of grocery stores, and and that's about it. And I've, the liquor store was worse than this than the the grocery. Oh, the so you know what's really pack- fucking bizarre is uh, this Ozaki that I'm drinking. Uh, it's made in Oregon. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so yeah. they have. There's a sake brewery in Oregon. There's another one in California. It's uh, um, fuck. I just had it. It comes in a blue bottle. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head. I'll never see that bottle, but <laughs> there's there's three different kinds, and I, I tried one. It was pretty good. It tasted kind of like green pea, like uh, like baiju. <laughs> You've ever had that? It's like a Chinese liquor. No. Mm. I no. haven't had it, but I've heard of it. It's, it's very oh. rare. Uh, the one you can get in the U.S. is called Confucius Wist- Wisdom. And it comes in like a <laughs> tiny little... It looks like a sake carafe, uh, the bottle does. Uh-huh. It's uh, very rare, Chris. Have you ever had it? 
Baiju? No, not yet. Oh, too rare for my blood. It's one of those things <laughs> that uh, people people say is like uh, super potent. Like, oh my god, you'll never be able to handle it, even if you're like a liquor drinker. But it's just like it's just liquor. <laughs> it's just liquor. It'll yeah. kill you or it won't, and that's basically all there is to say about it. <laughs> yep, it, it has a weird taste that uh, Westerners would not be used to. That's the main thing about it, I think. Oh a- yeah familiar as a sailor uh, Caribbean stout known as uh, Dragon Stout in Jamaica. And if you mm. are ever in Jamaica, I strongly suggest that you only get one or two. Not the 12 that I know. Dragon Stouts <laughs> in Jamaica. And, and the Jamaicans, when you are like a uh, cis white man, which I unfortunately am, ask for a Dragon Stout, they look at you like you're completely insane. <laughs> We get taken so off of it. <laughs> ask for that. That's that's my uh, relative knowledge of uh, drinking. And you know that, of course, because you're a diving instructor in the Caribbean. Absolutely. Right. Long, <laughs> lush blonde hair and a little speedo, and let's learn how to dive. Kid. <laughs> yeah. His his real name is actually Rob Kamen. Um, if you couldn't tell already, this, this is actually Peter. He's he's imitating an American accent. Uh, this is his alter ego <laughs> that he's talked about before on the show. So. <laughs> just a little background Absolutely. on our guest today <laughs> I mean character so much I can't do a bad South African accent like I was doing before actually it's a Swedish I actually have a flawless one if you want to hear it oh go for it hello I'm from South Africa oh perfect <laughs> you have to have the <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, so let's let's that get into it today. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. All right, so let's go back. Uh, the 1960s. It was a time of rapid human advancement, giving us countless visions of the utopia that was to come at the end of it. None of these was more utopian than the idea proposed by J.L. Marrow of limitless supplies of metal welling up from the core of the earth and out mm-hmm. of the seabed. Those limitless supplies of metal are now, of course, being desperately clawed at by various states, racing to increase metals production at any expense to our future. Today, we are talking about deep sea mining and also post-apocalyptic sea worlds, because we got to talk about anime. Uh, so deep sea mining is pretty straightforward. It's mining that takes place on the seabed at very low depths, uh, like over one kilometer down. Um, at its current state of the art, a ship drops a bunch of robots and a big slurry <laughs> pump down to the bottom of the ocean and the robots like <laughs> take pictures, uh, grab stuff with their uh, robot hands and eventually use a big like <laughs> circular saw like roller looking thing to scrape up the seafloor <laughs> and vacuum up the mineral rich slurry that they uh, uh, dredge up. Uh, At this so the process- time go ahead. is where I go full Alex Jones. Uh-huh. And I just start yelling and yelling and yelling. But uh, I'm not a reactionary, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> uh, well, I was just about to get to the part uh, about how they turn the the freaking frogs gay. So no, they're going to be dead after that. <laughs> that's not a like. That's not a. That's not their plan. Their plan there is just to kill it all, man. Give them a little. But, yeah, uh, and also, gonna... also, there's not a whole lot of frogs right. down that deep. I tell you, uh, what. I mean, there's some, but. I don't know. Only the gay ones. They're already gay, think, so they don't have to do anything. <laughs> I don't think even a conspiracy theorist like uh, Alex Jones can uh, 
actually guarantee what he knows down there and what he doesn't know down there. <laughs> but I would be willing to bring him down there. <laughs> to to uh, I would too. I, I will say that, yeah. uh, especially now that he's a big Trump guy. Yeah, I would. I would love to take him down there and just <laughs> verify all that. And uh, I'm gonna hold my breath while he does. <laughs> In fact, I believe in personal responsibility, so I'll let him just go down all by himself. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like the flat earth guy that sh- made the rocket that like never went there. <laughs> and yeah, what, whatever that was. Alex Jones, you're our only hope. Uh, <laughs> he's going for another shot, but uh, I think um, okay. I think the, the, the self-made submarine is just as valid as the self-made rocket. <laughs> well, I hope he proves us all wrong. Yeah, I it would. Yeah, there's gay frogs down there. Go down there and find that. Um, they the human body can only go down like half of that. So please, Alex Jones. <laughs> mm, this is why we never see mermaids anymore. <laughs> yes. yes. All right. I'm sorry. I, I just I'm gonna let you continue because it's it's something I hold dear in my heart. So, uh, so the process of deep sea mining can, uh, at, at the minimum, kill anything that happens to live in or on the seabed uh, from the process mm-hmm. of, like, you know, grating at them with a giant buzzsaw, um, as well as mm-hmm. uh, the, there's, like, a bunch of filter feeding oh, life sucks. down there uh, that, like, uh, when you dredge up a bunch of silt, uh, it increases, like, the ocean's turbidity, which is, like, basically the amount of uh, particles in suspension in the water, and uh, if they if filter feeders like suck that up, they can actually like their whatever organs uh, they have are uh, can get like clogged up, mm-hmm. and so they basically like suffocate uh, or starve. I'm just gonna yeah. in here real quick. I'm sorry. What would you uh, buzz saw? Mm. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking like a circular saw, but there's like a bunch of them. Yeah, I, I've used yeah. one of those underwater, like a skill saw. Like you're gonna cut some like two by fours, like some lumber with. It's got like a little rotating blade, and then, uh, I, I mean, I've used all that stuff down there. Mm-hmm. And w- once you start using that, you can't see anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it, this whole entire thing is completely insane because you're going somewhere where you. Let's just take this aspect for it to think about it. And, and I might be jumping ahead here, um, but we haven't even seen anything down there. Like, mm. we might have seen some things that deep, but we haven't seen them there that deep. Yeah, I've seen, uh, I've seen pictures right. at uh, one of the mining sites that we'll talk about later. Okay. Uh, but they're not using the actual, like, mining equipment. They're just using the robot arm. Right. Um, and they're, mm-hmm. like, grabbing these, like, uh, polymetallic nodules that come out. Uh, they look like little uh, stalagmites. Um, and they're, but, they're chopping. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that, that these robots could work any other way than, like, a Roomba. You know, they just, like, <laughs> sort of go around blindly dredging up everything. Uh, because, yeah, like you said, like, as soon as you kick up some, some particles, you're, like, you can't see shit right. anymore. Right. And that's including, like, like radar, probably sonar. You know? Yes. The, the greatest uh, advantage to my career path is like an ROV taking my job, <laughs> and eventually I will be that robot operator because the robot <laughs> can't really do 
what I can do Obviously, underwater, yeah, yeah. but I can make a robot <laughs> like I can underwater. And just to remind everyone, that is actually uh, right. snorkeling in the uh, Caribbean coral reefs for <laughs> tourists. Basically, yeah. What yeah, what I do is I take your wife <laughs> while you don't want to, like, you know, go into the ocean and get in the salt water, and we do things. And then you get to play tennis. With the and you're talking about cops' wives, right? Well, hopefully they're cops' wives. That's <laughs> brought to you. Yes, but... that's the real neighbor science. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, so <laughs> in ecology, the the part of the sea that they're uh, that they're mm-hmm. basically going to be destroying is called the uh, the benthic layer, um, and because it's where most of the like detritus ends up, like all the dead body parts and stuff. Uh, it's a really important part of the sea for like closing nutrient cycles because like all the life down there basically uh you know digests the stuff that other stuff other creatures won't eat and then uh shits out nutrients or whatever um and it's also very poorly understood uh because it's mostly out of reach for humans as soy boy uh pointed out earlier and uh so has only been studied fairly recently by rovs which are if we didn't say that already it's remotely remotely under yeah, remotely operated underwater vehicles um, and so the supposed benefit to all this is the limitless supply of metal coming out from the massive mantle layer of the earth, which like, sure, if, you know, if we could start harvesting the mantle layer of the earth, there's probably is a limitless supply functionally of metal there. But the problem with that is like, uh, the stuff that actually comes out, uh, comes out on the scale of millimeters or centimeters per million years. So it's really not limitless at all. It's like very limited. Mm-hmm. Actually, if I can cut in real quick with a yeah. little little soy boy knowledge, um, that the uh, where the detriments that you were talking about that actually yeah. eventually turns into um what mm-hmm. we like to now call as uh, oil field cowboys as product and true that, yeah that eventually you know within a couple thousand years and it takes a little while that that eventually turns into like um oil that we're going to need for our shopping bags yep. while we're right. off the solar grid of course cuz we need a little pellet to inflate a small bag to put our six pack of PBRs in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't drink that i drink mm-hmm. the PBR sake but yes and our uh our meal prep service uh packaging and all that but stuff you, as well if you're thinking it Ecologically, the oil is a part of the system yeah. that's already there. So by going down there and mining that, you're disrupting you're disrupting a lot more than 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 you're actually thinking about. Because it's it's a thousand year progress. When you think about ecology, you need to look at it in aspects of uh earth years. <laughs> Now, <laughs> yep. So I thought <laughs> that a lot of right. a lot of oil industry yep. people uh, believed in the like uh, a biogenesis <laughs> oil theory, like uh, that oil is not it does not come from decayed life. Is that not true? I mean, um, the the oil field guys that I work with, their thing that they believe in is beating you up, and Chris <laughs> beat you up too. Yeah. So. Next question. <laughs> right, yeah, as we've established. <laughs> yeah. I'm called Soy Boy for a reason. It's <laughs> I'm like a little tiny guy. Like, 
You guys are probably soy boys as far as I'm concerned, but like uh, for me, not me. I'm actually a jock, so right. Um, yeah. No, I get you. Still it. part of the solitariat. <laughs> yeah, like a, yeah, jock proletarian. Like yeah, weird. Yeah, it's, it, I'm sorry, guy. It's a, it's a shitty job that you got to do, and you gotta you gotta be gotta be a little bit tough but like the boy named sue you can call me sue i'll take that you can call me sue from now on how about that <laughs> so for like for these deep sea mining sites uh most of them are in either like international waters or disputed waters or uh like territories that don't belong to countries that would want to uh that countries that don't have access to like mining equipment and wouldn't want to like claw the guts of the earth for metal. Um, so like the main mining site is uh, that people are looking at now is in uh, Papua New Guinea. Um, and so the companies that are looking at it are of course, uh, UK and Canadian and us and Omani um, based. So uh all this stuff falls under mm -hmm. the United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea, uh, which is also known as the UNCLOS. I don't know if people hey. like pronounce that acronym. Um, I'm not going to because that'll <laughs> probably make me sound like a dumbass. Uh, but anyway, so the, I'll just call it the Law of the Sea. So it was an international convention created by yeah. the UN uh, to establish yep. like regulations and governing bodies uh, surrounding the world's seas. So... Most states have ratified it, with uh, <laughs> a few exceptions. The most notable, of course, being uh, this country, the United States. Yep. Surprise, um, surprise. Yeah. And even less surprising is that the reason they haven't ratified it is because uh, they want more jurisdiction over uh, seabed mining. Uh, they're opposed to supposed wealth redistribution that this law of the sea would entail. <laughs> And uh, they're also opposed to mandatory technology transfers. So we, we want to keep all our tech to ourselves. Um, hey, Ryan, mm -hmm. can I pause you real yeah. quick? <laughs> sure. That's messed up. But just think about this. Seabed mining. Imagine you're a gold prospector. Right. Like back uh -huh. in the 1800s, right? This is all right, I got my, my, red, my red long johns and overalls, <laughs> and I'm smoking my corn cob pipe. Right, 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 right. And, and you're going to go out in that river and just dig all them rocks up and find all the biggest gold and become a millionaire. That's a terrible, terrible job. Right. So <laughs> you got to do that. You're coming from like wherever in the east, manifest destiny into the west. California way. Mm. Do that. Mm. And you put a blindfold on. You just go out okay. there, jack him, <laughs> and start tearing shit up. Does that sound like a, like a smart thing to do? No, you wait. If I'm if if I'm if I'm blindfolded and I'm digging around, do I have to also hold my breath at the same time? <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, why not? Yes. <laughs> you know, once you get started, you can't see shit. <laughs> so the this whole uh, UN yep. uh, law of the sea thing was, uh, of course, blocked by the U.S. Republicans. Uh, <laughs> that is the U.S. joining onto it, um, and it was led by the famous Senator Inhofe. Uh, who I think it's from Oklahoma. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So trads and conservatives in the U.S. oppose it because of uh, the Monroe Doctrine, which uh, for those of you who did mm-hmm. not go to an mm-hmm. American public school or for those of you who did go to public school, um, treats the entire American continent, like the North and South America and the surrounding territories as part of the U.S.'s like jurisdiction. And uh, yeah, and forms the basis for like all the extensive military and intelligence operations that were used to like crush communism and any regime <laughs> that wasn't favorable to U.S. business interests in Latin America. So strikes again here, but uh, that's actually not really uh, the worst thing ever because uh, this governing body, the International Seabed Authority, uh, which is it's based out of Jamaica. I think it. I don't. Know if it, I don't think it's Kingston. I think it's somewhere else, but it might be Kingston. Yeah, never go full dragon stout. <laughs> never go full dragon stout. <laughs> um. So. Th- the International Seabed Authority is like a it's a UN created organization. They're the ones who make the master mattresses, right? They're yes. trustworthy. They're no, no, they're they're good. They're good. Oh, they're good. Okay. Yeah. So they actually they'll mail you a waterbed. Um, waterbed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it! Wrong bed Only authority. If you're white. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Only if you're white, <laughs> or maybe a leader. Uh huh. So they're. Uh, they're like this international organization that's supposed to govern uh, like resource extraction rights on okay. uh, the bottom of the ocean. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, it was actually not even formed until 1994, um, which is like the, the UN uh, convention on the law of the sea went through three stages. So the first one started in, or it, the first one ended in 1958. I think mm-hmm. it started in like 1955. Mm-hmm. And then the last one ended in 1982 Uh, But the ISA didn't actually go uh, into force uh, until 94. Um, And so like uh, most supposedly democratic organizations, uh, (laughs) it's divided into a chamber with equal representation, Mm. uh, which is the democratic part and a council of elders that actually control everything. (laughs) Uh, So it's a crack of shit. If I would be (laughs) Alex Jones type right now, <laughs> but this is real. It's like it's just like the, the House and the Senate or the House of was, Commons yeah, like and the House of Lords. It's like same pattern now. everywhere. Uh, would my volume be a 10 or an 8? <laughs> it definitely wouldn't be a 5. It would be up there between like 6 and 10. Oh my God. That's some crazy, crazy ass like government, like jurisdiction, like clawing at things that like who's on top of that who's the big boss mm. uh well i didn't well. write down his name but he's just like uh some guy that uh was just but like i don't want his name i would like his address <laughs> but you're right <laughs> well we would right. all like his address wouldn't we it's weird but we're not there yet we're just talking about like this is the corporations dealing with just undermining seas we're like into those robots down there taking their jobs, which you people don't want those jobs. I definitely don't want those jobs. I would prefer not to have that job. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Anyone who wants the job of uh, get, get deep, deep into the ocean uh, and uh, dig uh, you're welcome to it. So this, uh, the ISA here. um, So the, 
let's see. It has a uh, an assembly, which is like the equal body representation thing. Uh-huh. Uh, it has a council, which is a 36-member so-called equitable representation body. The assembly has like one representative from every country. Mm. And then it also has a 30-member legal and technical commission, which that's fine. And then all a right. 15-member finance committee, which is like they're the ones mm. that actually control all the money, which is like that's kind of where the real that's power everything. is, I think. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, how many countries are there in the world like declared states? Like, uh, uh, well, in, in here there's 167. And so uh, there we are. Yeah, and there's so there's a uh, one council member for every 4.5 countries or something like that. Right. It's really cool. Just like so um, many hundreds of millions of people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very good. Those are basically like body. that work with yeah. Chevron, Exxon, and Shell. Oh. And I'm sure that on the council there is a uh, a delegate from Papua New Guinea that can uh, advocate for the interests of the the people who don't want their right. uh, their country mined. You know? Right. Yeah, and he doesn't have the biggest house in Papua New Guinea. Oh no, definitely not. No. no yeah. Um, no. Uh, and so another thing I found uh, in reading like the legal documents that create the ISA is like they basically uh, control like all of the money that goes into it internally, mm-hmm. uh, which I assume is like completely done by the finance committee. So it's like probably a highly corrupt organization, uh, especially because part of those articles that say like, oh yeah, when you get to control all the money that goes in there, say explicitly like, uh, yeah, uh, the goal of the ISA is to uh, stimulate commerce and resource extraction so, like, they're inherently supposed to be getting people to do deep sea mining and stuff, which is really good. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Is, is that sponsored by the United Nations? Yeah, it was created by the United Nations. Wait, so you're talking about a mafia creation <laughs> under the United Nations. Yep, Alex Jones should be behind this and be like, like, fuck you, like, you know, like, I'm sorry, I came on this episode looking for a fight with that guy. <laughs> sorry, that's the but, like, come on, man. There's, like, a global, de- like, eh. global cabal of lizard people. <laughs> right. Looking to control your subsea. Uh, and the lizards are on the on the finance board. The sign on all the mining rights for everyone. <laughs> Those lizard people. Right. <laughs> Billy said some crazy ass real shit though. Yeah. Crazy ass real shit that like people don't understand and like outer space has the same ridiculousness to it. And no one has any rights to any of that. Ask Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> So another thing that was set up by this uh, law of the sea thing uh, is uh, part of the like the international dispute for deep sea mining, which is called um, exclusive economic zones. It extends the sovereign territory of every country to 200 miles off of its coast mm-hmm. and basically says that like they have the exclusive right to any resources uh, they can pilfer from that territory. Yep. Um, so my plantation exceeds past the 50 miles that you believe that my plantation was at. <laughs> Continue on, plantation. 
(laughs) (laughs) So the main company that is heading the effort for deep sea mining is called Nautilus Minerals. Mm, That's Uh, a creative one. Yeah. um, Mm. I guess they named it after the type of life form that they're going to kill trying to get the minerals. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Bastard. Um, so it's a company, it's headquartered in Brisbane, Australia, uh, but it's also headquartered in Toronto. There's like, it's a very like, the, the structure is very complicated. We need two banks to make these boats. <laughs> Books expensive, guys. Like, I don't know if you know the, the economy behind boats, but boats can get pricey. Yeah, I mean, you have to grind up a lot of kids' bones. I, heard was, uh, I don't know eagle. if you know the economy behind boaty. <laughs> Which I assume oh, is like, like an aquatic version of Goatsy. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Man. I'm just, my brain is shutting that door permanently. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Both don't get the respect that airplanes make. Like, get respect for. There's hydrodynamics and there's aerodynamics. And if you're mm. not... And hydrodynamics, is, hydrodynamics is what you need for Boatsy. <laughs> right. It could cost you millions and millions of dollars to change the name yep. of the boat mm-hmm. to let the people vote for. <laughs> yeah. Never trust people. Well, in that case, I have a new idea where we um, graffiti new names on boats mm-hmm. uh, that people will want to change immediately and then uh, basically ransom them for hundreds of millions of dollars to change the boat name. I'm into that. Hey, look, I got a better idea. <laughs> Boats are named after patriarchy most uh-huh. of the time. So, like, let's just change the name of those boats. Take those boats. Make those boats autonomous states. Mm-hmm. And if you want those boats back, you're welcome to come back on board of the boat. But, hello, you're in an autonomous state. <laughs> and I'm not going to talk about what's going to happen there. Yep. But legally, you might not exist anymore. <laughs> I mean, it sounds but- good to me. Boats are cool. Mm-hmm. Anarchists should take boats. So we'll just Marine get a bunch boats of boats and put them 400 <laughs> miles off the coast of every country um, and I mean, basically take over the ocean. It's not even that far. You only have to go like a mile out to federal waters. Well, we want the exclusive economic zone around us. All right. All right. So Nautilus Minerals. Uh, so they're the, they're the first company that's trying to set up uh, commercial deep sea mining operations. Mm-hmm. So they already have a site called Solara One. Uh, which is located 1,600 meters down in the waters around Papua New Guinea, uh, off of its northeasternmost province, which is called New Ireland. What a fucking uncreative name that is. <laughs> if you're Irish, like, let the island be Irish, and like, <laughs> fuck the British and whatever history has to do with it. Like, <laughs> uh. Could you imagine, like, Islanders speaking in, like, an Irish accent? <laughs> <laughs> we really care about the sea here. You best get off our island. <laughs> our culture no, I, goes back thousands of years. <laughs> I love Ireland and I love Boston, so I'm not even going to New Ireland, but imagine just being choked by water to death. <laughs> and, oh, and that's what we're going to do to uh, the Nautilus Minerals people, of course. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, soon. soon. We should probably be by water, but continue. I feel like there's a joke about Brexit in there somewhere. <laughs> there is, there is. Um, uh, so we we got uh, True joining us. Uh, he he just uh, popped into the server. So oh, if you're wondering who that is. Here to make Brexit jokes. Uh, <laughs> Ireland, it should be Britain that's underwater. 
<laughs> exactly. Well, it is in a, a metaphorical way. It's called Brexit. There we go. It's a little political humor for you. All right. So Dude, you can get into Brexit and deep sea mining at the same time. It's not fair. Yeah, that's not fair. But that's what I expect when it comes to anything deep sea. Everyone wants to ignore me. That's fine. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, appreciate that. Uh, so water one is supposed to have uh, copper, gold, silver, and zinc uh, in like these deposits called seafloor massive sulfide. I really understand what the fuck that is, but it basically means like it comes from chains of underwater volcanoes and hydrothermal vents. Um, yeah, and they also found another site that they declared called Solara Twelve, which is twenty-five kilometers from. The first site. Um, and Deepish. Just, just, oh my god, deep. Yeah. And I've been 300 feet deep. Imagine like going scuba, not, scuba diving 300 feet deep. Uh-huh. If you've ever been scuba diving, I don't care what anybody's been scuba diving before. If you know about scuba diving, I went 300 feet deep. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, wild. Let's go. As deep as, and you gave that metric of it. Mm-hmm. The metric is more, um, uh, like comfortable for Americans than what foot is. So when you look at the media that talks about this, look at it if it gives you meters of foot. If it gives you, if it's giving you meters, it's giving you a comfortable, like, depth. If it's a footage that you're used to that you can like maybe comprehend um it it's kind of weird because like human beings can only do like a like an eiffel tower like a eiffel tower depth right like you do an eiffel tower or you do yeah, 1600 meters is depth. almost a mile yeah that's right pretty deep yeah really it's deep. like literally 40 There's... feet off of a mile the deepest i've been underwater is uh 12 feet in a 12 feet pool. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're about to get another, a, bu- a bunch more gold for, uh, for the Pope, of course, nice. uh, from Papua New Guinea, who, uh, who's actually very opposed to this mining effort. Um, I did not, I was not able to get uh, much information on them. I guess that was mostly oversight on my part, but um, yeah, so there has been some re- uh, resistance from Papua New Guineans, uh, mm-hmm. To this effort, uh, so it actually seems to like increase the perceived risk of the company uh, to the point where, like the last, uh, the last update that I saw on Nautilus Mining was that uh, they are declaring the Canadian equivalent of bankruptcy, with like Chapter Thirteen, which means like oh, right. normal, uh, like re- restructuring all their debts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, four of their five board members and the CEO resigned. <laughs> so I have like uh, I have the board here from Bloomberg, but I don't know if it's actually current. I don't know if it reflects that. Yeah, I don't know if it reflects that chain. So mm. um, as of whenever this was, um, their board members are uh, two Omani uh, guys, both named Al Barwani. I don't know if they're actually related. I I tried to figure that out. Um, I even found like a like a a podcast that. Uh, Tarek yes. Barwani did. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, give us the link to that. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of weird. He's like, he's like a super like hype guy. Like, uh, 
He's like, hey, uh, <laughs> welcome to my welcome to my thing. Today we're talking to Doctor Muhammad Al Barwani. Uh, blah blah blah. Here's some music, and then he plays some music, and he's like, eh. so uh, Muhammad Al Barwani is the founder of MB Holding, the uh, largest uh, corporation in yeah, Oman. He's boy. he's the pride of Oman. He's a billionaire. Blah blah blah. It's wild. Uh, Weird. And and Tarek is actually the CEO of uh, the largest mining company in in Oman, which is a subsidiary mm. of of MB Holding that. Um, one that Dr. Muhammad uh, started, which that makes me think that they are related. Um, I don't know Wait, how. Like, Muhammad is much older, so he could be like his dad or his uncle or something like that. But anyway, yeah. Um, and so the other yeah, board members are. I think I've are, heard of these guys actually. Oh, okay. And uh, so the other board members are like these Canadian assholes. Uh, one of them's like a board member of a Canadian defense company. Uh, one is a guy associated with some other mining companies in Canada, and uh, mm. one is associated with some maritime logistics companies. And just to name names, just so we name names, uh, it's Doctor or sorry, Mister John McCoach. He doesn't have a fucking PhD. Uh, Mister J Layman, which is a fucking hilarious name to me. He's even <laughs> stupider than the other guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the mining guy. Negative doctors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh mr jonathan whitworth and i like how they put mr before all these guys yeah, yeah. um well i mean this this last guy's got to be like just like the most sloping browed individual you've ever met you know <laughs> they're just they're, you know, all of that's bullshit man because <laughs> like back in the day when you were like they had serfs and assholes. <laughs> the two classes. <laughs> <laughs> that. That's Marxism, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they're assholes too. So, <laughs> whatever. Like they had like nomenclature that went along with that. These bourgeois fucking dicks are just like throwing money at some stuff. They have no idea what they're talking about. Yep. No idea. And they're just like throwing money at it. Yeah, and the, uh, like, Muhammad no, like it, Barwani's company is like the the biggest shareholder of Nautilus. They have thirty percent equity. Mm-hmm. Dude, um, Nautilus is an amazing name. And I wish someday yeah, it is pretty I good actually. I gotta admit, it, an amazing name like that. Um, so I I looked at this uh, bankruptcy order for uh, Nautilus Minerals. Um, so. One thing that's weird to me that I, I found is, like, uh, apparently bankruptcy in Canada is handled by the Canadian Supreme Court. That's, like, what? where the first <laughs> first and second court order went to. So, okay. Uh, what, instead just like of, like, bankruptcies? You know, like deciding I mean, like, on the Constitution, they're just like, oh, yeah, uh, you need to know how to restructure your debt. Uh, yeah, we'll write an extensive report on that. <laughs> no, that's cool. I'm going to spend it. I own 10000 Pay five thousand. Yeah, right, right. Probably right, some guy named like Gord. Canada. Yeah, right. you know the the honorable Justice Gord, uh, <laughs> who's like uh, telling you how to how to pay off your debts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so they restructure their debt, and um, so I don't really know a lot Not about how wrong. bankruptcy proceedings work, but uh, I I think that the monitor is is essentially the person that makes sure that they do everything correctly. Mm-hmm. So that's being handled by Price Waterhouse Coopers, oh, yeah, uh, that one. you know everyone's probably heard of. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to read the names of their of their attorneys because they're so <laughs> fucking funny to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, this uh, shit is good. 
So the PricewaterhouseCoopers attorney is named uh, Mary Buttery. <laughs> uh, and then the, uh, the, the, so there's a, a finance arm of Nautilus Minerals called Deep Sea Mining Finance. Uh-huh. Um, and their attorney is named Vicky Tickle. Jesus. <laughs> hey, tickle my pickle, Vicky Tickle. <laughs> Both of these people have been tormented in life endlessly. Yeah. Deservedly. <laughs> yes. Deservedly. Yeah, right. Their souls are rotten. They are lawyers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't. I can't even imagine the bankruptcy report or whatever it is that self, you know, authored by um, Buttery and Tickle, just straight up on the fucking title page. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're, we're good. I, I was trying to figure out like how, like what the purpose of this thing is. Like the deep sea mining finance company is like, it was formed by Nautilus Minerals. Uh huh. Um, but it's not exactly, I don't, it's owned by MB Holding. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, if I remember correctly. And it, like, the purpose seems to be like to loan money to itself. Like it loans money to Nautilus Minerals. That sounds but extremely it's like owned by Nautilus Minerals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't really understand how that shit works. No big deal. Maybe we can get like an expert sometime to figure that out. But uh, yeah, that's one thing that I found out that was, I was confused about. Sounds like economy. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, I'll just briefly talk uh, UK Seabed Resources Limited. Uh, it's not anywhere near a functioning commercial operation like Nautilus is, uh, but it was mm-hmm. approved like much earlier. So it's a uh, a wholly owned subsidiary of Lockheed Martin UK, so you know it fucking sucks. Um, <laughs> Wait, Lockheed Martin UK? Yes. No big deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it got, in uh, 2013 or 2014, it got a uh, 15-year exploration contract from our main man, David Cameron, the former prime minister of the UK. Oh, yeah. Lizard hey, that guy. That guy's a good guy. Yeah. Yes, he is the, the chief lizard. Chief lizard. I'm a liberal. It's okay. He's fun. <laughs> <laughs> the other major party in in the deep sea mining, uh, not space race, sea race, I guess. Yeah, uh, it's China. Uh-huh. And uh, uh-huh. yeah, so uh, for one, they're actually helping Nautilus Minerals. They're providing like financial and material support to Nautilus Minerals. Uh huh. Um, so they're like cooperating with foreign businesses to you know, do this terrible shit. Um, and then they're also trying to do it themselves. So there is a uh, submersible craft that they have, which uh, the articles that I read called it famous, but I don't know how a fucking submersible could be famous, but anyway, it's called, it's called uh, the Nautilus. <laughs> uh, it's called Zhao Long, famous. which is named yeah, after they- like a Chinese deity. Um, <laughs> And it's like Bullshit. this big ass thing. You should look it up. It's uh, J I A O G. It looks pretty cool, actually. Uh, but it's not really. It's sort of like how like fighter jets kind of look really cool. It's not talking. cool. It's not as cool as fighter jets. Are you listening to me right now? <laughs> and by pants, I mean my wetsuit. Because what I do on a day to day job. Is I pissed probably three times into my suit. How many <laughs> I mean, times your work? I, I do that, but at least you're underwater. <laughs> no, I mean like, like really, dude. Do you piss your pants underwater? 
Oh, dude, I would pee all the time. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. You know, if, if the whales are doing it, I might as well go for it. Jell Long, the submersible, uh, next year will be making its way around the world um, after like a 15 month upgrade uh, to do this. Uh, so it's going to make its way around the world to explore for potential mines for China to exploit. Um, nice. And this is fine. This is fine. Yeah, it's good. Okay. It's good. They are also they're looking in the South China Sea as well, um, which like o- historically has been disputed territory. Um, I think they've like the most of the disputes have been about like military operations, but because of this new thing they zone. have going, this like Belt and Road Initiative thing, where they're trying to like mm-hmm. cooperate with other countries supposedly and um, build infrastructure and and you know, lift everyone up or whatever, which uh, I really want to cover in a future episode because everyone uh, says it's neo-colonialism or whatever. Right. Um, oh, it's so, neo-retro-colonialism, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, like, other countries are actually okay with them exploring the South China Sea for minerals in terms of, uh, like, politically, that is. Right. Um, which means a war zone. Yeah, yeah. As long as it's not a war zone, they're fine, I guess. Uh, well, as long as it's not a war zone against other humans, if it's a war zone against life, that's fine. Um, but mining means, uh, squid people precisely. Yeah. They're going to kill all the squid people. I mean, that's, and that's the sort of thing a a humilian would do. (laughs) I'm talking about you. Neither of you motherfuckers know what I'm talking about. Dealing with like regular, like swing a sledgehammer. Swinging your big hammer in the metal factory <laughs> underwater. And true, you actually missed this part, but uh, it's actually laser hammered. It's not just regular. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're made yeah, of lasers. That's a future no, parole. Yeah. Yes. Hey, Some Star Trek what? shit. I never did a laser hammer. <laughs> Fuck you. I do a real hammer. This is a real It's a laser hammer, hammer and it's well, used by, by robots. So as long as we're uh, cool with uh, backing the conversation up a bit, I was wondering about that 200-mile thing. Oh, yeah. Because uh, that's, like, arbitrary and yep. weird. And coastlines tend to be a pretty hot topic. Yep. So apparently the uh, it's 200 miles from the baseline, which is uh, determined by uh, the coastal state, uh-huh. uh, which I think refers to uh, whoever it is. So you get to determine your own baseline. But there are some rules. The first convention on the, on the Law of the Sea, um, the main thing that they uh, set up was, uh, I guess, like, you know, prior to this whole thing, there was no, like, international cooperation uh, about, like, yeah. giving people access to the sea. So, like, if you were a landlocked country, then you're a landlocked country. And, mm-hmm. you know, there would be stuff like, like Silk Road type shit where, you know, you have to pay the toll to get anywhere or you have to like find a secret passage to the ocean mm-hmm. to get around mm-hmm. and so the first uh unclos basically said like if you're a landlocked country then uh you can go through uh countries to get to the sea uh so that you have free access to it but mm-hmm. then in exchange you have to allow like free passage uh by other countries through your territory um so it's kind of like a mutual exchange of land for sea passage. Um, That's pretty neat. Um, which I was but, reading that uh, and I was like, I wonder, <laughs> this is like the most liberal thing I've thought in a while, but I was like, I wonder if 
if we could use this to say that, uh, you know, uh, refugees have to be allowed through uh, European countries. (laughs) (laughs) Well, only if they're commodities, right? If you look at the UNCLOS-1 of 1958, uh, you will find... (laughs) (laughs) No, just the interesting part is this whole thing about uh, straight baselines. Because uh, they get, when you have islands on your coast, you get to just draw a line between them. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. <laughs> uh, so the last thing I'll say about uh, the Chinese uh, deep sea mining stuff is that the deputy directory, director um, of the State Oceanic Administration of China, a uh, mm-hmm. guy named Lin Shanqing, uh, says that projects that endanger marine ecosystems will not be given the green light. Cool. Um, nice to hear oh, that. Shit. Hopefully he means that. <laughs> I don't know if he does. That. Fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah, we need to... Uh, I think we need to learn more about how like all the Chinese bureaucracy works, but I'm guessing that even if he actually believes that, it won't necessarily mean in practice that uh, that'll actually happen. No. Right. But it's just a good opportunity. It's a great opportunity. Put cameras all over everything. Videotape all of it. And, and, and just like look at it. And like <laughs> let's take a robot down there. Let's take a picture of it. Come back and work back from there. Agreed. Why is that so hard? And if you, I mean, if you look at some of the pictures they uh, using these like exploration rigs, uh, like you have a picture of like a robot arm grabbing that like stalactite polymetallic nodule thing, and there's like clearly like snails all over it, like unmistakably snails, like living things that are there, and they're just like, oh yeah, it seems seems fine for uh, for mineral exploitation. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) I mean. It, it's been down there that long that it can grow an actual snail on it. That's disturbing by itself. It's not okay. even just one; it's like a bunch of them. It's like no, like one of those little things has like like two dozen, like in plain view. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, like one of the things I was reading about the the benthic layer is that like um, any disturbance to it is like it's almost like uh, like leaving footprints on the moon. There is tracks from like five decades ago that are still there because like that shit doesn't change like at all. So like anything that you fuck up is going to be fucked up for like a long time. It's like some of the most ancient life on the planet. Why does it not simply adapt? So maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the next thing we're talking about is uh, some post-apocalyptic worlds. Uh, the first one is uh, Gargantia of the Verduris planet. Kind of a weird name, but, uh, you know, <laughs> it's an anime, so. Um, I know words. Yeah. Uh, is this the one you know about, Drew? Gargantia? Yeah. yeah. Okay. You haven't watched Blue Step 6? I have no idea what that is. <laughs> oh my god, man. Well, you are too young for that. Uh, so. Well, we uh, don't have to age people on this show. so gargantia is written by again or jen uroboshi 
who also wrote uh, Madoka Magica, um, mm-hmm. Expelled from Paradise, and Psychopaths, uh-huh. uh, which I've seen two of those. They're all very good, except for the second one, because I don't know what I barely paid attention to Expelled from Paradise. Psychopaths is cool. Um, Psychopaths was cool. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably watch so, Expelled from Paradise again, because it's, it's just a movie. It's like and Madoka- 90 minutes. Magic is objectively the best anime. I still got to watch so. that one. I will watch it in the future. But uh, yeah, so Gargantia uh, is an anime about uh, Leto, a human <laughs> alien from a space-faring civilization who gets uh, somehow separated from his compatriots. I don't know how because I wasn't paying attention to that part. <laughs> Falls into a big hole. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, so he finds refuge in the Gargantia, which is a uh, either the name of the main ship or the name of the flotilla of ships on a vast water planet filled with pirates and uh, holy squid monsters. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so Gargantia is like a full-on like microstate, complete with like a ruling class, a military, money, and employment. Uh-huh. Um, so kind of like what uh, what we were talking about earlier, where we just... Uh, get a bunch of boats and turn them into microstates. Right. Um, kind of the same thing that they're doing there. Um, and so like, uh, uh, so like while previously it was, uh, you know, just this like flotilla of like shitty boats, uh, that was kind of at the mercy of like pirates that had, you know, better weapons and, uh, more ships to attack them with, uh, sort of like how like early states were vulnerable to like the cons, uh, Leto and his giant robot are uh, vastly more powerful than any threat on the planet, and so they like change the balance of power in the world, and that kind of like drives the whole story. Basically, the story is kind of like about uh, Leto being like socialized into this new society that he joins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure it is. All right, true. Let's hear your take on it. <laughs> <laughs> it it's about uh. You know that whole argument about Mars colonization, right? Which one? Where the uh, do we do we adapt Mars to us or do we adapt? Oh, Mars? right, yeah, that's, that one. that's what it's about. Uh, yeah, yeah. Huh. So uh-huh. squids, squids. Oh, I'm reading man. that. I'm reading that. That's a racial term. That's fucked up, and it's got racist windows. <laughs> yeah, the squids are all racist <laughs> against it, which squids. Is really unfortunate. I really disagreed with that part of it. Racist squids are probably the worst squids. <laughs> there was talk about Nick Land, and uh, I mean, it's kind of ironic you would think that squids wouldn't talk about Nick Land because you know they're like sea creatures. Yeah, but... here they are, like, <laughs> fighting left and right. Nick Land. They're not actually. Uh, they're not sea creatures. They're space creatures. That's true. They are, but they live in the sea, well, so they're sea residents at least. Is space not legally just another sea? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say something about being, you know, like citizenship or something, but you're like squidisenship, but like let's just leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a full squidison. I don't fucking know. <laughs> so there's like a few different conflicts in the show, which like you know, the overt one is like um How do you the... fuck a squid person? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's uh, Gargantia <laughs> fighting against like all the pirates and okay. uh, cult members and whatnot that are uh, trying to control the planet. Uh-huh. And uh, the like more subtle one is 
these like holy squid monster things, uh, Leto's uh, space race alien guys mm-hmm. uh, have been basically like genociding them. Oof. And so he finds out like the truth of the squid monsters and has to decide uh, is genocide good mm-hmm. or not. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, space race war. Exactly. It's a space race war. Um, uh, What's your conclusion, Ryan? I I just want you to say the words. (laughs) uh, I'm going to go all the way. I'm going to say genocide. Not really my particular favorite thing. Okay. Uh, In in most circumstances. So you're a centrist. (laughs) Sometimes it's okay. Okay. So, all right. So, all right. So I'm not going to say it's bad, uh, but, you know, like a little bit is okay. Mm -hmm. A little bit of genocide is fine, Mm -hmm. but it's it's excessive genocide that's the problem. You know? Do you have any sources on that? (laughs) Uh, The Constitution. Oh. Well, Adam Adam Smith. Good pull. Can't good argue with that. Yeah. Good uh, good guy. Good guy. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, and of course, all the classical thinkers. You know. Right. I, Nietzsche. I'm right. not going to say like, any names because uh, you, you already Bookchin. know who they are. I'm not going to patronize you by naming yeah, them. Like Murray Bookchin. Google it. <laughs> right. Nick Land. Yeah. Jesus. Murray Bookchin. He's one of them. <laughs> like, just shut the fuck up and listen to Google Murray Bookchin. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> let's see what else. I didn't take very good notes on on this part because they're all disjointed. They're on like three different sheets of paper. You you couldn't no, wait. I already you did. Wait to tell us that you liked genocide. That's why the sh- the notes are so shitty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just all in my head. You know, I yeah. thought I'd be able to rattle it off. Like, There's a bunch of incomplete know, sentences here. Point one: Why genocide is good. Point two: Why mm-hmm. genocide is good. Right. Uh, but um. But the anime comes to the opposite conclusion that uh, genocide maybe maybe not so great, mm, um, okay. and so. Does but only it, after uh, only after it's all done, uh, do they come? Weird, to- <laughs> right, right. Weird mm. if you watch all of it. So at the beginning they're like genocide. At the end they're like genocide is bad. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Gotcha. Exactly. Okay. Um, and then also, uh, also kind of like uh, is good. It's one of the other things because uh, it's not big as big ship cities are cool and cozy, and I want to live in one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does. It actually does seem pretty cool to live there because mostly, mostly because it's like uh, you're not trying to destroy everything else on on the planet. I guess. Imagine living there and still having money, though. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. whose idea was that? Yeah. No, it's weird. It's a weird one, but it's it's a thing to think about. You ever sleep three people above you? <laughs> no. Just like you I know, have... you're like going to sleep, and there's like two people sleeping above um, you. In in a in a mm-hmm. row or oh, in a stack, like like bunks or like yeah, or like, on, like, like on bunk yeah, like you're just the with a, a long yeah, you're just the coziest down, body in the pile. Yeah, you had two people sleeping above you. Uh huh. Bunks. Uh huh. Okay, because okay. the bunks like, makes a big difference. Yeah, that does make it. It's a structural. <laughs> 
difference. I mean, like, 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 there's two like fellas sleeping, right? <laughs> fellas, just arms and legs everywhere. I mean, that, yeah, I mean, you, you get like fucking like fourteen inches. Go on. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, all the space I need. Yeah, I'll tell right. you. <laughs> I mean, fourteen inches is nice, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I said I'm getting morning wood, then I won't have enough room. You know. You'll basically well, bleed to death. <laughs> we all I'm secure enough not to lie like right in here. I'd only need like two more inches. <laughs> Let me just punch yourself oh, in the face. <laughs> I mean, like, what do you think the living conditions are going to be for those people that work those robots that go like... They are. It seems that, that they are like petite bourgeois in this society. Yeah, that's, yeah, they do. Like they're all, they're like underwater cops. You know, like everyone looks up mm. to them for some reason. Even though, I mean, because I mean, clearly in this society they look up to them. Even though in most societies the people that do the majority of the uh, production uh-huh. or resource extraction aren't really uh, cared about. Uh-huh. Huh. Hmm, they're like astronauts, though. <laughs> They're like astronauts in the no. 60s or 70s. Uh, right. Like, They're like celebrities. Right. Interesting. Aquanauts. Right. <laughs> Indeed. So, so wait, wait, what did you think of what did you think of Gargantia? How would you rate it? What's that? How how would you rate Gargantia overall? Cuz you watched it. Good question. Um I would give it my Bernie Sanders vote, but I don't feel very good about it. <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, true. What, what, how would you rate Gargantia? Uh, what, what kind of scale are we talking here? Uh, apparently, it's uh, Democratic primaries. Ugh, wait, my bad. Like the uh, 2020 or 2016? 2020. Uh, I don't know. I haven't been paying attention. So you got to. So it goes from uh, let's say zero is uh, Pete. B- 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 <laughs> and uh, 10 is Mike Ravel. Uh, shit, who's a 7? Warren? Bernie Sanders. No. 6 is a yeah, Warren. Okay, it's got... bullshit. <laughs> I'd, I'd say we're between Warren and Sanders. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so a uh, not a not so reluctant vote, but a... Uh, a fairly confident one. One one you can feel okay about. Yeah. One I'll only regret when I get trolled on the internet for. <laughs> or like two years later when one of them votes for like Sesta or some shit. I, I think for my rating. So I've, I've mentioned before I'm not big into uh, giant robot anime anymore. Yeah. Uh, I think it's it sucked. Okay. No, I think it, I think it peaked with Gundam 0080. Uh that's the greatest I you hated giant Kirby robot show ever. Jackass. Uh, and uh, I have not watched <laughs> Evangelion. Don't ask me to watch it. I will not do that. Do it. Uh, do it. Do it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. and and also this this anime is kind of horny, which I don't like. Uh, so I will say I horny. I, I yeah, would I would say horny. it's about a Warren vote for me as well. I I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I like seeing the water planet and everything. It was like a nice, like right. it's like a positive vision of a post-apocalyptic a world. I think, for the mm-hmm. most part, you know, there was like mm-hmm. pirates and stuff, but other than that, there's like a functioning society and like oh, the big cult. Like a terrible about the cult. Yeah, we couldn't mention the cult. Sure, I like the cult. 
Worth while talking it's about funny. Yeah, what was with them like dumping all the people in the ocean? What's up with that? It's a purge classic. Okay. Aesthetic version. <laughs> it's some ego fascism. Keeping the sun rising the or what was the deal there? Well, was... it, it sort of goes on with the uh because uh so Lido, is that his name? Leto, Leto, yeah. Leto, Leto, I don't know. Um either way, the society he's from, the big space colony. They're uh, clearly a very, like, what do you call that? Eugenicist, mm-hmm. yeah. fucking war-oriented, yes. Highly militaristic, empire. yeah, kill anyone. They're, they're Spartans, like, basically. Yeah, he, they're Spartans. Yeah, yes. no, he drops a few hints here and there that, like, he had someone he was close to, like a younger brother that got purged because yes. he was, like, ill or something. Right. And, yes. like, like, when he meets uh, What's-Her-Face, the generic heroine's younger brother he's all like oh yeah where i'm from you'd you'd be dead mm-hmm. my dude mm-hmm. you'd be thrown into fucking space <laughs> yeah cool, man. Like, uh, yeah. so yeah the cult being inspired by um not cool with that the cult's clearly inspired by that because it's ran by that one superior officer dude uh-huh. so they're just doing the same thing of constantly expanding to prepare for some sort of uh war with the pirates or whatever Mm. Yeah, and then they so they just dump anyone that is seen as either uh, unfit or antisocial, if you will, mm. you know, generic Nazi shit. Right. Like, oh, you're not contributing to the war effort, even though we're we're not at war with anything per se. Right. <laughs> I think, given the chance, Le- Leto Leto would would totally be at the head of a labor movement, though. Yeah. Because his whole right. thing of like. They give him vacation time. He's like, oh, cool, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the type of comrade that came from the military and was like, yeah, really into that shit. And then suddenly it was like, oh, wait, uh, oh, wait. <laughs> that's, that's bad. Right. <laughs> Do that. And a uh, better world is possible. Holy shit. Yeah. And they just go right. like full on. Right. Like, Right, because yeah. he like immediately starts trying to attack the squids, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "Dude, why would you? Why would you do that?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. They never really explained why they thought they were holy, though. I guess did they? Huh. No, because they uh, because they detract those uh. They didn't so much think they were holy; they just thought of them as you know, like like classic deities where they're just powerful, so you don't want to fuck with them. Oh, okay. okay. Right. Okay. That makes sense. But also, I think they were like related to the weird electric bug things that everyone used for power. Huh. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so they uh, they yeah. have like basically unlimited power source. Interesting. These. Yeah, let's let's not talk about the ecology of that. But, <laughs> yeah, they weren't assholes. Probably were good, I would think. Uh, using life forms for for energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, any any other thoughts on uh, Gargantia? Oh, I've got oh. thoughts. <laughs> That's a good AMA. And the other AMA. What's the other oh, AMA yeah. called? Wasn't it like not an anime or something? I don't remember. Ryan yeah, so, something. Yeah, the other one is uh, Blue Submarine number six. Mm-hmm. And uh, this this is one that some of our listeners might be familiar with because... Um, what happened to the other five? I don't know, actually. Uh, well, there's zero in the implications. Series. Yeah, it's actually six <laughs> others. Uh, but anyway, um, uh, so it was actually on Toonami. Uh, it's one of the earliest anime that was on Toonami, besides like Dragon Ball Z and stuff. Uh, so a lot of people have probably seen it already. 
Um, but maybe a lot of you saw it as like, uh, you know, teens or tweens. And it's like, if you watch it again, it fucking rules, actually. It's very good. Uh, way better than I remembered. Um, so it's a, it's like, it's only a four episode series so you can watch it in like two hours and 15 minutes mm-hmm. or so. Um, and it's a, it's a post-apocalyptic military drama, which like mm-hmm. for me normally is like kind of boring shit, but in this case is like really awesome. Um, and it also has like a really cool jazz soundtrack. And, uh, the weird thing about that is like, uh, there is a, uh, another famous like sci-fi post-apocalyptic drama with a really good jazz soundtrack called uh, Cowboy Bebop, which everyone's heard of. Never, never heard of it. And it came out literally one day before Blue Submarine number six. Like one day. Get wrecked. <laughs> so Funny I don't you should know say that because this show's talks. all about Rex. <laughs> oh, 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 damn. Oh, god damn. <laughs> That's all um, I know about the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you did you get time to watch the last episode, Chris? I saw like um, a part of the first episode and a part of the last episode because I was like, I can't step into the last one without at least getting some context. So that, but then by the time I got okay. the context, I was like, oh shit, we're recording in like thirty minutes. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it's been okay. a long day. <laughs> uh, so. The plot basically is uh, like humanity is like near extinction after reaching like the apex of civilization, which yeah, thank uh, God, fortunately went, God damn. went went beyond where we are at now. Yeah, uh, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't like where like we are currently where the apex of civilization was like 1999 is like, yeah, we were rich watching Republicans Blue submarine yeah. number six on tsunami. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so uh, it like nearly eliminated material one. Uh, expanded uh, like human dwellings to the ocean floor Mm -hmm. and had all this like genetic engineering shit. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there was this guy, uh, this Albanian scientist named Dr. Zorndike. Of course he's a a highly, yeah, I mean, um, Uh, off brand, (laughs) off brand. (laughs) Uh, He was a highly respected, famous, wealthy and important uh, genetic uh, scientist. Mm-hmm. who was like working on this big GMO crop project basically mm-hmm. uh that uh enabled farming in the desert including mm-hmm. Antarctica which uh is the world's largest desert but you know it's like both hot and cold deserts mm-hmm. um and uh so while he was doing this his wife and family were killed and Shit. i i couldn't confirm the reason because the DVD files which i have not seen personally say it was because of his research. Uh-huh. Uh, but another, like a wiki page that I saw said it was basically a pogrom. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. This was in Albania. Uh-huh. Uh, right. And, and like, uh, I think the pogrom thing is kind of more supported by this, the actual show because it says like countless others were killed. And so if he was killed for his research, like that wouldn't really make sense. Uh-huh. Um. But anyway, so it's was, like the uh, the Joker thing where you just, they just kill a bunch of people to get his attention. Just <laughs> yeah. keep killing until yeah, he stops. Right. Um, like, stop fucking with the corn, man. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so Zorndike was traumatized by that and uh, kind of became like a, a full-on nihilist. 
Okay. And uh, fair. So he decided that he was going to teach humanity a lesson. Oh, so shit. he uh-huh. he set something up to like melt the ice caps. Whoa! Uh, and created a, a race of uh, intelligent sea <laughs> monsters. Capitalism. Yeah, he's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. He went back <laughs> in yeah, time and created <laughs> private property. <laughs> <laughs> um, but all in all, he killed ten billion people. Oh which is, uh, shit! Yeah, so there's uh, eleven billion people on the earth. So it's mm. almost the entire population of the world. Mm-hmm. So yep. um, during the, the events of the show, there's one billion humans left, um, and they're so plenty basically crowded. Really. Small Realistically speaking, yeah, 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 they're crowded onto the small amount of land that's left over, right? Um, and like in the show, he like literally has a black void where his heart should be to symbolize like the heartlessness uh, that he has that was caused by the the drama of the program or whatever. <laughs> Um, uh-huh. And so his goal was to like force humanity he, to put an end to pointless strife. Does he carry around like like a, a locket that he constantly looks at while people aren't noticing, <laughs> and then like he, you know finally somebody looks at the inside of the locket while he's dying, and it's like a picture of corn? <laughs> uh, no. Okay. I mean, I'm just you know as a <laughs> writer, I have to think about these things. <laughs> and, and you mean corn the band, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. That's I thought yeah. that's what he was creating in Antarctica. That's why they wanted to kill his family. <laughs> yeah, he's uh yeah, he's growing a bunch of Jonathan Davises in, <laughs> in Antarctica. <laughs> so um so like at first he seems like he's just like a regular eco fascist cuz mm-hmm. you know, he's like right, eh, garden uh, variety. Too many, too many people. Uh, you need to kill everyone. Uh-huh. Insulin sucks, man. Uh yeah. That kind of thing. Right. Uh, but, like, uh, at the end of the whole thing, like, once you hear his whole speech and, like, kind of get a feeling for his personality, he kind of seems more like a like a nihilist social ecologist. Because his whole goal is to, like, uh, force humans to um, learn to uh, live with nature uh-huh. and not try to dominate it. Right. Um. So like right, so he's obviously he's, very bad person. Right. He killed ten billion people. That's yeah. I'll uh you know, again, uh I I'll I gotta say, like a uh, little bit of genocide is fine, but extreme genocide right. is too much. And ten ten billion I think is a little bit on the extreme side. Yeah. It's yeah. a little I bit. Mean, if you can't count to the number on your hands and on your fingers and toes, you know, then it's probably too many. Right. Yeah. yeah, and and you can use millions Wait. when you're when you're doing that count. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah, he's uh in the show like uh, Zorndike is a lot like a the uh, Kurtz figure like uh, from Heart of Darkness or uh, mm-hmm. Apocalypse Now. Mm-hmm. It's like the same kind of mm-hmm. uh, character, mm-hmm. and he even like looks like yeah, it aesthetically. Like he uh, when you first see him, he's like sitting in a big like villager type dwelling like, mm. like open air uh hut kind of thing mm-hmm. and he's like sitting on a wicker chair and he's wearing like a khaki shirt and everything mm-hmm. he's in like a village of like genetically engineered like savage characters you know uh-huh. they're not really savages just like they just have different know, ways than and we don't Vietnamese that. and African people aren't but right. you know that's what they're supposed to be in the in the text of the series gotcha um and then a lot of other people have uh, compared them to to uh, Doctor Moreau, who like uh, right, yep. I haven't read I haven't read that book, so I don't yep. know anything about it. Uh, but like because he created like chimeras, 
Yeah. Uh, that's that's what, basically yeah, the, people will compare him to that big shtick with yeah Moreau. Yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, oh, and uh, one of th- one other thing I forgot to mention is like uh, this was one of the first shows to uh, merge like traditional animation with uh, 3D computer graphics, uh, and it's like uh, kind of ham fisted in doing it because mm-hmm. it was kind of like very early version of that. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, forcing us to um, accept people. a hybrid of two things that don't belong together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, um, nat- naturalizing yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah 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 but i actually like uh at first it was kind of jarring but like mm-hmm. uh, when i was by the time i got to the fourth episode mm-hmm. like with with the aesthetic of the show uh-huh. and like the the fact that there's like evil sea chimeras everywhere and uh-huh. like the animation has like there's like a lot of smokiness to it Right. Um, it actually works pretty well, I think. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It just kind of makes it look really trippy, so it's kind of mm-hmm. cool. Like, yeah. Like, a lot of people are complaining about it, but um, I think they're Philistines, and or uh, they need to smoke some motherfucking weed. So. <laughs> um, so, basically, you start off with, like, a genocide of 10 billion people and some shitty, like, uh, annoying CGI, but by the fourth episode, you just don't even feel it. Yeah. Right. I, I think you've been so persuaded. Really <laughs> I, I think the problem in the in the first episode was like uh, some of the CGI was like above water, and it, it doesn't look uh-huh. as good as like the stuff that's underwater looks really good, especially like right. the titular submarine blue sub six mm-hmm. uh, looks titular. it looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah, titular, titular sub, titular. Um, Tit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, and it, it does some like it lets them do some cool stuff. Like uh, they had a pretty low budget for the show, but. Uh, uh-huh. Like uh, some of the like submarine battles are like really fucking cool looking because they're doing all these like like fighter jet type maneuvers with the submarines and they nice. can do that because the because of the CGI. Um, but <laughs> we anyway, really talk to the Navy about this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like uh, since this show has been out for so long, I'm I'm just going to talk about the ending. Um, mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. the end of the show is like a notorious anticlimax. Oh fuck. Uh, yeah, well, so uh, a lot of the reviewers said, and I probably agreed, I don't remember, because uh, my memory sucks, but uh, they said as a kid, it like it's really bad. It's like, you think there's going to be this like cool epic battle like at the end of any anime between mm-hmm. right. the uh, shark the monster, robot. who's like the, the main villain who's like seen the most in the series, um, he, who's a creation of um, Zorndike, mm-hmm. and his name is Verg. Um, so there's the, of course the Verg and Hayama, the, the main human character, mm-hmm. um, face, face up against each other. And you think there's going to be this cool epic battle. Mm-hmm. And it basically is just like, it's actually a lot like the very, very end of Naruto where, uh, Naruto and Sasuke are just like punching each other pathetically. <laughs> Are you gonna um, fucking spoil Naruto for me now too? <laughs> like, uh, just just pathetically like refusing to um, reconcile with each other uh-huh. and uh, realize that you know they they need to stop fighting because they both lose, and the only way to win is uh, to just not fight anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like as an adult, it kind of kicks ass because it's like you're just looking at these two guys being boneheaded and 
Right. Just doing like giving each other like nasty, unnecessary injuries Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. hating each other and screaming at each other. Um, and yeah, it's really good. Um, and yeah, it reflects like how unsatisfying the end of any like war or conflict is. Uh, We kind of wish for like total victory or total acceptance and neither ever really happens. It's, it's always, uh, both, both parties hate each other Yep, and everyone loses. Yep. Um, and so that's how the end of the show is, which is, it's great. I think. Nice. Um, Nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah. So let's see. Um, and a, a lot of other reviewers mentioned how much they liked the Verg's character. Um, I thought he was okay. Uh, I didn't find him that interesting. He's sort of like the Joker, but instead of being funny and a clown, he's like a horny shark. Uh, <laughs> well, so, <laughs> <laughs> now so I don't know. But, need more clowns. <laughs> but you know what? Um, at, at, at the end, in that final scene, like, uh, and and right before it, like, uh, so Zorndike dies, and mm. and Zorndike is like Verg's dad, and Verg like really looks up to him and stuff, and he Follow like uh, he like runs over to his his body, who's like covered up, and like pulls the cover off, and just like goes crazy, and is like screaming at the at nothing and everything. It was like very sympathetic, I think. Mm. Um, it was it was really well done. Um, I don't think because it, I don't think it was because his character was good. I think it was because. Like, uh, that, that part was just written really well. <laughs> yeah, it was a CG. <laughs> um, <laughs> one character I did really like, though, shark. was... Uh, <laughs> so there are these, like, genetically engineered, like, whales that are, like, submarines. Like, they carry other uh, creatures. Huh. And they also have, like, weapons and stuff. And there's one that uh, was, like, a prototype that's, like, defective. And uh, he was, like, a really forgiving like human-like character who strongly influenced the main character and the events of the show um and kind of like determine the like the outcome of the show really and uh his his death scene was like beautiful i thought um so he was probably my favorite character besides zorntyke um i liked it when he died that was a good. <laughs> yeah, he died really well. He he did a good job dying in the show. But, you know? Damn. He was, he was happy to do it for the most part. Um, if only these types. Whom among us? Right. If only these types could yeah. be around to appreciate their redemptive arc after they do that so well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So for this one, I I would rate it a ten out of ten. Actually. Um. You know, like uh, I can't really ding it for. The, CGI because that's just uh-huh. like technological limitations. There's nothing they could have. Um, yeah. I think it'd be cool if they retouched it. That'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's either that or, or like claymation, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, All of the best anime uses. <laughs> yeah, as we know. <laughs> Wallace and Gromit, Chicken Run. Or, uh, fuck, what, what's that the type of video? shit that uh, Madoka Magica uses? It's like cut out paper. It's good oh stuff. yeah 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um love it but yeah i i thought it was a really creative show it's uh it's willing to go to like really places to tell the themes that it covers and yeah uh i think people who like the show are fanatical about it for a good reason if you look up blue submarine number six there's like so many blog posts about it from uh like from as late as like 2009 
because people were like really, really into the show. And somehow it spawned two video games, even though it was only a four episode series. It wasn't super popular. There's a huh. PlayStation game and a Dreamcast game for it. So, huh. <laughs> yeah. Dreamcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's, that's all I have, I guess. That was the episode. Yeah. So if you enjoyed that, <laughs> uh, check out our other episodes at uh, neighborsciencepodcast.com. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at NeighborsciPod. Um, I'm at Handle of Rye. Chris yep. is at Solidarity underscore Goth. Uh-huh. Drew is at TrueBot. Uh-huh. Um, sure. Soy Boy is at Half Astronaut. It's impossible <laughs> for me to spell, so just look at that shit. Yes. Yeah, just, just keep just, typing just until keep you get it. it. <laughs> yeah, find it. <laughs> bye. All right, bye. Owned.